We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Zig Ziglar writes, My brother, the late Judge Ziglar, loved to tell the story of the fellow who went next door to borrow his neighbor's lawnmower. The neighbor explained that he could not let him use the mower because all the flights from New York to Los Angeles had been canceled. The borrower asked, What does canceled flights from New York to L.A. have to do with him borrowing his lawnmower? It doesn't have anything to do with it. But if I don't want you to use my mower, one excuse is as good as another. <laughs> Let's face it. I think most of us are pretty good at making excuses, aren't we? As followers of Christ, we recognize the significance of serving God and others. In the Bible, we find commandments like look to the interests of others and carry each other's burdens. The message of caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ is woven throughout Scripture. How well we love and serve is one of the greatest indicators of how deeply we understand what Christ has done for us. And yet, so often, we hold back on ministry because excuses are always near. Did you know many men and women used by God in the Bible to do incredible things started off with excuses, doubt, and trepidation? One of those reluctant people was Moses. Perhaps no other figure in the Old Testament looms larger than he does. His story is familiar and compelling. It begins in Exodus 1, during the Egyptian genocide. Pharaoh had ordered the massacre of all Hebrew baby boys. Exodus 2 and 3 set the background of God's providence and his preparation to deliver his people. Shipra and Pura, two ordinary midwives who feared God more than their king, defied the orders and spared the lives of many infants. Moses' mother also chose to obey God. Through her obedience and the compassion of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses' life was spared. He eventually became a great leader, bringing his people out of bondage. When it comes to developing successful, Christ-honoring ministries, Moses is a key figure to learn from and imitate. We read in Exodus 3 that Moses was tending to his father-in-law's sheep. Having left his life as prince of Egypt 40 years prior, Moses' days of regalia must have felt like a very distant memory. But I don't imagine he'd forgotten his fellow Hebrew people, and neither had the Lord. This particular morning might have started out like any other quiet, ordinary day, but that was about to change. Once Moses arrived at the mountain at Horeb, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. While the shrub was in flames, it was not being consumed. Naturally, this drew Moses' attention. His curiosity prompted him to approach the bush. Then, suddenly, unexpectedly, God called out to him from the bush. The Lord told Moses he'd seen the misery of his people in Egypt 
and had heard their cries for help, he announced that his plan was to send Moses to rescue them. One of my first observations from this account is Moses' reaction to God's announcement. Here he is witnessing an unbelievable event, a bush that doesn't burn, and hearing the voice of God directly. But instead of appreciating God's compassion for his people and the miraculous power that would be with him through the Exodus, he responded to God's call with apprehension and reluctance. He was overwhelmed by his own inadequacies. Take a glance at one of his excuses. Exodus 4.10 tells us, Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. It appears Moses may have had a speech impairment. A lot of biblical scholars have speculated over exactly what that impairment might have been. Was it glossophobia, a fear of public speaking? Was it a disability, a lisp, or a stutter? Hmm. Whatever the affliction was, God claimed sovereignty over it. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Our wonderful God makes no mistakes. He has no trouble keeping track of his people's strengths, weaknesses, or disabilities. He is so mighty, he can use even the weakest among us to accomplish great things in his name. So rather than removing Moses' heavy tongue, the mighty God assured Moses he would be with his mouth and teach him what to say. In fact, for every comment Moses made, God presented remarkably persuasive signs and offered his promises and provision. However, even after all that, Moses revealed his unwilling heart in the final comment. Please send someone else. And the Lord was angry. Benjamin Franklin once said, It's not unusual for men to give pretended reasons instead of the real one. It's interesting to note God wasn't angry when Moses asked questions or even when he ignored the miraculous signs, basically ignored them. But he did become angry when Moses stubbornly refused to trust and obey. The great thing here is that God persisted and didn't give up on Moses. He answered to Moses' unwillingness by sending Aaron as a spokesman. Aaron was certainly not perfect either. There were times Aaron became a source of problems for Moses. And yet, despite the weaknesses and failures of both Aaron and Moses, God displayed his patience and grace, combining the offices of speaker and leader to carry out his plan. Their teamwork resulted in victory. I can relate to the reluctance of Moses. I was about six years old when my parents invited a missionary to stay in our home during her furlough. She was serving the Lord in Bangladesh, and God used her to develop a burden on my heart for the people of Asia. From a human standpoint, the dream of doing missions work in a third world country with a severe disability seemed impossible. After all, with my limitations, it was challenging enough just to take a few steps or even lift a book. How would it ever work for me to function in a country where handicap accessibility is non-existent and those with disabilities are usually deemed worthless? As a young woman, my burden for missions became so 
great. I didn't know how I could possibly be content doing anything else with my life. 16 years later, against all odds, God gave me the desire of my heart, opening wide the door for me to serve in India. I wish I could tell you that upon arriving in South India to begin assisting missionaries, that my heart was filled with praise. However, that's not exactly how the first days of my ministry started off. My dad had accompanied me on that first trip, and the day he left, I sobbed uncontrollably for days. (laughs) Similar to Moses, fear over the obstacles ahead completely paralyzed me. Our God is so awesome. He provided all the financial support I needed within months. He had graciously sent me disability and all to the people that I loved. He worked in the hearts of people to get behind me financially and in prayer. And yet, despite all these awesome acts of God, he became quite small for a time. And the myriad of challenges in front of me became bigger Similar to Moses, I began second-guessing how effective my ministry could actually be with my weakness. Sometimes serving God can be uncomfortable because it takes us places we'd never dare set foot. In your case, Tabitha, you had a shy, timid personality. Yeah. On top of that, we know you were squeamish around snakes and spiders. (laughs) That is true. Or... Maybe there are times when we know we should reach out to someone, but it seems beyond our capabilities. It could be a language barrier or a disability that leads us to think we can't relate. It isn't uncommon to feel inadequate, but where our strengths ends, God's begins. Our confidence is in His abilities. Mm, Exactly. And that's actually the counsel my dad offered He encouraged me to work on overcoming my timidity and to set aside my pride in asking for help when it was needed. He advised me to pour my energy into learning about and loving the people I'd come to win for Christ. He reminded me, just as God was with Moses, giving him the words to speak and guiding him, so he would be with me. I'm glad it wasn't long before that godly counsel took hold in my heart and the Lord replaced my apprehensions with peace. Looking back over what God accomplished on that mission field and what he's doing in our lives today, all I can say is to God be the glory. He's reached into my brokenness over and over again and proved that nothing is too hard for him. The only time we read of Moses' reluctance and his speech impediment is in Exodus 3. Once Moses yielded to the Lord's calling, his message and mission were powerful. God was before him. He was unstoppable. I'm grateful that these flaws did not disqualify him from doing a mighty work for the Lord. That's encouragement for all of us who have a character flaw or disability. When it comes to serving the Lord and others, Do you have any excuses not to be about his business? Are you waiting for perfect conditions? Do you fear the unknown? Or is your heart ready and willing? 
Love for Christ should motivate us to proactively care for others without excuse. Today we're thinking about the Apostle Paul's message to the Thessalonians. He wrote, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, but we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. During these days of the pandemic, there's been quite a bit of turmoil and uncertainty and many vulnerabilities in state health care programs have been exposed. Helpless individuals have been completely abandoned. For countless people, the isolation has led to detrimental effects, including anxiety and depression. But for us as born-again believers, this is a challenge for us to grow in trusting our Savior and rediscovering the importance of serving others. It might be worth remembering that early Christians like Martin Luther confronted epidemics as well. In the face of horrific circumstances, they didn't fear death, nor did they desert the needy, the sick, or the dying. In fact, they did the opposite. They came straight to the need. Their selfless courage made a compelling case for the gospel and won them great respect. Knowing Christ not only gives us a unique eternal perspective on suffering, but also provides us the motivation, strength, and courage to love and assist our neighbors. There's work for all of us to do. It's time to put our shoulder to the wheel as servants for Christ. Let us set aside excuses, align ourselves with God's desires, and say, Here I am, Lord, ready to serve. Social distancing may be the world's message of the day, but the Bible leaves no allowance for relational distancing. Don't miss the opportunity to close the distance between ourselves and those on the margins. Pray for your pastors and fellow believers. Encourage the faint-hearted. Be patient with them. Help the weak. Look for practical ways to meet the needs around you. Jesus Christ is our strength. Nothing is impossible with Him. Whatever your difficulties may be, you can depend on His unstoppable power to carry you through. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, 
questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.